Globalists realize the current U.S.-led world government system doesn't provide the level of control that they hoped it would. Therefore, something has to change. Their climate scare hasn't worked. They need a bigger crisis. Could that crisis be World War III? Some are already talking about it. Well, we'll reveal the entrance ramp for the Antichrist on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. You know, the, the global stage is being set for the worst dictator this world has ever known. I mean, what Hitler done will pale in comparison to the Antichrist. Hitler's, was, um, Hitler's aspirations was really, by and large, Europe, now, he, he may have wanted to take over the world, but mainly what he did was uh, contained right there in Europe. The Antichrist will be a global dictator. And the Antichrist is mentioned over 50 times in Bible prophecy. But before he comes on the scene, the current New World Order or world government must undergo major changes. The, the um, landscape has to be set and ready for him to come on the scene and seize the reins of power. And globalists know these changes are needed and are working to implement those plans. Now, some people would say, well, does the Antichrist know who he is and are the globalists looking to set up this Antichrist figure? I don't, I don't believe they are. I believe that there are people that just for their own desires, they want to have a world governing body where they can dictate to all the people in the world. But the Bible says that there will be one single figure that usurps authority over an already fully, fully functioning world governing body in the end time, and he will be the Antichrist. And there's also going to be a figure that will align with him who will be the leader of the world religious system. I might say the, the false religious system in the end time, and they will rule the world together, controlling the ideology of the world, and the, the politics of the world, the armies of the world, and the religious figure will control the mindset of the majority of religions. Now, there will be religions that resist that. And I certainly will be one of those. But it's all laid out in Bible prophecy, and the world, the stage is being set for this event to happen as we speak. The end-time world government of the Antichrist is going to be a European-centered, not American-centered. Right now, since 1945, it has been the, the America has been the principal driver behind this world governing body. But the thing is, there, there are major shifts that are being suggested as we speak, and major shifts have to occur to get the, the center of power from the United States over to Europe before it's over with. And so the stage is being set for all of this because right now, the most of the international community sees America as very, very weak. I mean, look at Afghanistan, and <clears throat> right now we couldn't even keep the 
um, what is happening in the Middle East from happening. We were threatened Iran and a lot of different things, but they still haven't done anything. And so we've got to make sure that we understand about the stage being set for what's coming in the near future. The United States looking very weak in the eyes of the international community. I mean, look at Joe Biden. Look at all of our allies right now. And look at what, what do you think they're thinking about the Biden administration who is removing sanctions from Iran, giving them, thereby giving them tens and tens and tens of billions of dollars, knowing very well that they're funding Hamas and Hezbollah, who are terrorist proxies that are working against Iran or uh, Israel right now. Our, our, our allies know that. But yet we say we're there to support Israel. Well, if you want to support Israel, America should sanction Iran like there's no tomorrow. We should hammer them. It's what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump recognized, hey, this joint comprehensive plan of action, this nuclear deal is going to allow them to get a nuclear uh, weapon or more in the near future. There's sunset clauses. We're not going to be a part of that. We're, we're coming out of that and we are going to hammer them with sanctions and it was crippling their economy. And they were more focused on themselves than they were what was going on in the rest of the world, in, in many ways. But when we go in a Joe Biden administration and lifts those sanctions, now they can trade oil and they just, I mean, the money is just flowing into their coffers. And what do you think they're using that money for? They're the number one state sponsor of terrorism. They're using it to fund their terrorist proxies around the world. They've got close to half a, let me tell you, I'm trying to think of how many. They've got like 450,000 terrorist proxies in over 30 different nations globally. So, something we need to talk about, and we're going to talk about it today. Now, first cup coffee, really quick. The, you know, you can imagine how we're working basically around the clock, the clock, keeping up with these things, the war in Israel, Ukraine, uh, the situation with China, the entire Middle East, Iran, and we need some energy, don't we? We need to be motivated. We're motivated by our God-given purpose, but still, man, there's nothing like a good cup of coffee. Well, first cup coffee. These are things that we like to support. They're not woke. They're not a woke company. They're, they haven't tried to rewrite our history or lobbied to defund our military, which there are companies doing. These guys, I met them the other day. They're a Christian-owned patriot company, coffee company, right out of Texas. And they've got 11 different roasts, which are named after specific pieces of American history. It's really cool. Check it out. So go to firstcup.com. Use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off. Go to firstcup.com. Use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Now, when we talk about this world governing situation, and there's many articles that are talking about, hey, the, uh, we need a new world order. The old new world order is not working. And you understand that the first two world wars, the answer to the international community to those world wars was world government. And I want to kind of give you a little backstory here really quick. I know I've done this before, but for those new listeners that we're getting all the time, the world government was the goal, even prior to World War II and even World War I. On the heels of World War I, in the mind of the international community, we needed a world governing body who people could go to 
to discuss their um, <clears throat> so-called conflicts rather than going to war. So they had the League of Nations was formed. However, the League of Nations, because Woodrow Wilson couldn't bring his Congress in on it, because they actually read the fine print back then, they said, wait a minute, we're not going to go into this world governing body, the League of Nations, because we're going to have to yield up so much sovereignty of the United States, we simply will not do that. And so because he couldn't bring his, Wilson couldn't bring his Congress in, the United States wasn't going to be a part of the world governing body. Well, guess what? The League of Nations failed because the United States was not going to be on board. However, in the minds of the globalists who believed in a world governing body, the dream of a world government did not go away. It didn't die because of that effort. Because Franklin Delano Roosevelt put New World Order on our dollar bill in 1935, before, before World War II ever started. World War II didn't start till about 1938. So the, the world governing juices were already flowing in the minds of the globalists. Then on the heels, uh, World War II lasted from 1938 to 1945. The concentration camps were liberated in Europe uh, in 1945 and the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. Well, that same year, in September, in San Francisco, the Charter for the United Nations was signed. The United Nations, it was already pre-planned, everybody. You don't do that in just a few weeks' time. And so, <coughs> excuse me, they had to, they signed the, the next effort for a world government, which was the New World Order, or the, or I should say, the, um, the uh, United Nations. And that was the United States was fully on board. What was the thing, what was the effort that, the um, conflict that got us involved in World War II? Pearl Harbor. And at the end of, uh, when Pearl Harbor, we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and we defeated, we fought two campaigns in a world war. We fought in the European campaign. We were victorious in both. And the United States sat at the helm. We were the principal driver behind the United Nations and the efforts towards this the New World Order, the liberal international order. Uh, and so we were the principal diver for the last 75 plus years. However, now the United States under the Biden administration and the Obama administration, we had a position of weakness. That's why when, every, when Donald Trump got elected, hey, the world set up and took note, this guy means business. We can't do whatever we want under his regime and you notice that it wasn't until Donald Trump left office before the Russia-Ukraine thing kicked off. You, you everybody notice that? So there are people that see us as a, um, an entity of weakness. Even though we have the most powerful military on the planet, our allies still see us as very weak right now. Now, with that said, there are articles that say, hey, maybe there's going to be a war coming. And after the war, a new world order. Social Europe published an article. Listen at the title of the article. A new world order from warring states to citizens or global citizens. You understand what's going on here? Like Strobe Talbot said back in 92 in his Time Magazine article that, hey, in the 21st century, nation states will become obsolete and all the nations, they're going to do away with their borders, 
and we all will answer to a single global authority. That is what's on the mind of these globalists. Now, you say, well, what's going on over in Israel? I, I know exactly what's going on in Israel. Israel's still fighting the, the war down in Gaza. It's a horrific situation. However, I want you to understand that while the war in Gaza is going on, which could spread into a regional conflict and lead to a World War III situation, I want you to understand that just because that prophecy is going on does not mean all of the other prophecies are not marching right along beside it. Those prophecies, the fulfillment of those prophecies do not stop. World government, world religion, um, efforts towards a peace agreement. <coughs> so it's very important that we understand all of the prophecies that are laid out in the Bible, all of them are happening in intricate detail. God knows the end from the beginning, and all of these things are happening as we speak. Now, this article from the Social Europe, A New World Order from Warring States, it's, it says, um, in essence, the article discusses the current state of the world order and its disintegration. Now, I didn't say the dream of world government is diminishing, but they say the U.S.-led world governing body is not able, it's hamstrung, it's got the UN Security Council, it, it has all the power, does not lie in the General Assembly. It lies in the UN Security Council. So when you look at this thing as a whole, it hasn't been able to stop conflict from happening. Look at Russia and Ukraine. The United States, or the United Nations was a paper tiger. They couldn't really do anything to stop that. They couldn't do anything, anything to stop um, China if they wanted to invade Taiwan. The United Nations is helpless. The uh, Hamas, Israel, Hezbollah, Iran situation. The United Nations is saying, oh, we condemn this act, but it hasn't stopped one thing, has it? So they realize the United Nations Charter and the entity that was established in 1945, they realized that it really has no power at all or at least not like they want. And so, this article is discussing the current state of the world order and its disintegration, and it highlights recent events such as the collapse of the Afghan government and the horrible debacle where Joe Biden would pull our military out and then say, oh, we forgot the citizens that are there. We probably ought to go get them out. I, I mean, who would do that? Well the Biden administration would. Anybody in their right mind would have got our citizens out and then, and left the military in there to make sure that happened and then pulled the military out, right? But we did it backwards. So you think our, our allies and our enemies were not watching that? So that puts the United States in a position of weakness. Those guys in Washington really don't know what they're doing. Imagine being Israel are really our number one ally on the planet and the bulwark against the Arab front in the Middle East. And imagine what they thought when that happened. Thinking, oh my goodness, we're relying upon the United States to help protect us should we ever go into a World War situation with Iran. And yet look at what they did in Afghan, Afghanistan. Well, also the war in Ukraine and the Hamas attack on Israel. All of these things reflect a decline in the U.S. power and influence amongst our allies and our enemies. 
the traditional order based on nation states with conflicting national interests is giving way to a new order centered around citizens and their universal rights. This global citizenship, which is what they want. The globalists want to do away with borders, do away with tariffs, and create a global state that answers to a world governing body. And so the author of this article, he emphasizes the need for a new understanding of the global situation and proposes the concept of this, um, like a neo-idealism that reasserts humanitarian and universalist principles without compromising with, dicta with di dictatorships. And they are calling for intellectual effort and a critical innovations in political, economic, and legal thoughts to shape the future world order. They realize with the United States at the helm, it's never going to be what we wanted. And so they realize the need to change. The Bible says that's exactly what's going to happen. Now get this, and since we're talking about the new world order, let me mention Birch Gold real quick. Because Birch Gold, had, we partnered with them, and you know, these world government enthusiasts, they want to always impose these digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. And they could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products. I'm telling you folks, this world government is very, very, very real. And they want to control every single aspect of your life, your finances, food, and these geoengineered, bioengineered uh, chemicals and different things that are being put in our food, everything, doing away with <coughs> doing away with the farmers and everything that's going on. So, it even get to the point where they could freeze or seize part of all, or all of your money. So in essence, it would enable the government to take control of your finances. Well, there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets, assets into uh, some physical assets, gold. And uh, the, many of them are doing it with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset, that's held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you can go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. You say, where do I start? This would be a good place. If you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer that's just been sitting around for years, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. I mean, um, if you go to Go to birchgold.com slash endtime. Claim your free kit, info kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may wish you had some gold to fall back on, right? It's just a, it's a, it's a, a giant safety net that can really help uh, should we go into some of these central bank digital currencies type situation. Uh, it's certainly something that you should look into. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you it's certainly something you should look into. Call and get the kit or go to endtime, uh, go to birchgold.com slash endtime, get your free kit and check it out. Now, this article actually states that I was talking about earlier, that there is, to borrow a metaphor from Karl Marx, a legal geopolitical superstructure that can no longer be supported by its underlying economic structure, which is broken. Talking about the new world order, the world economy is deglobalizing into rival spheres, the global information space is balkanized. Russia and China have launched this uh, systemic competition against the West and are successfully recruiting these oligarchies and their failing democracies to their project. Now, of course, we should fight a, um, 
a rear guard action to uphold the global institutions, everything from the UN Relief Works Agency under such pressure in Gaza to International Criminal Court, which could investigate war crimes there. Now, this article is saying that they should support all of these international uh, entities that are designed to govern the world. We, of course, we got to support them, right? But just as our forebears did in the 30s with the collapsing League of Nations, we've got to support them no matter what happens. They can't be wrong, but we have to recognize the disintegration undermining their foundation. They, it says, and I'm quoting, the question we should be asking is not how do we maintain the, world, the old world, or, world order, but the one John Maynard Keynes at the British Treasury and his American counterpart, Harry Dexter White, asked in 1943 to 44, what should, be, what should the world look like when we win? They're not saying, well, we might win. They want to know what the world's going to look like after that. And that's what I'm talking about today on the program. What's world going to look like after World War III? Well, when we talk about Harry Dexter White and John Maynard Keynes, I want to interject something here because I want you to understand who those individuals are. These are the, these are the, the mindsets of the globalists. The theoreticians who dominated the conference back at Bretton Woods, which established the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, they were the well-known Fabian Socialist from England, and it was John Maynard Keynes and the Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Treasury, Harry Dexter White. You say, well, those, what was wrong with them guys? They were, the, White became the first executive director of the United States as the International Monetary Fund. Okay, the Fabians were an elite group of intellectuals who agreed with communists as the goal of socialism, but they disagreed over the tactics, how we should establish it here in the United States. Whereas, communists advocated revolution by force, roll in with the tanks and violence and take over. But the Fabians... They advocated the same, same ideology, but they, they advocated uh, gradualism and the transformation of society through legislation. In other words, get our socialists or our comrades in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, potentially the President of the United States, the lobbyists, people that could go in and were influential and could get it done legally without rolling the tanks down Main Street, Washington. So it was learned in later years that Harry Dexter White was a member of the communist espionage ring and hidden from view there was a complex drama taking place in which the two intellectual founders of the Bretton Woods Accords were a Fabian socialist and a communist working together to bring about their mutual goal of world socialism. That's really what's going on right now. The United Nations is absolutely a socialistic entity. Antonio Guterres was president of Socialist International from uh, 1990, let's see here, from 1995 to 99. So in the 30s, when the British labor uh, leader, Clement Attlee, abandoned pacifism and non-intervention over the Spanish Civil War, and he moved to the active support to rearmament, he did so while insisting that the goal of any wartime coalition with his conservative counterpart, Winston Churchill, would be a world government. Hold the presses right there. The goal, I want you, this is very important. The goal of any wartime coalition with his conservative counterpart, Winston Churchill, 
would be a world government. Did you hear that? This wartime scenarios looking for a world government. So remember, World War I, what was the, in the mind of the international community, what was their uh, goal? World government, League of Nations. After World War II, in the international community, what was the answer? World government. Well, guess what the answer is going to be in the mind of the international community on the backside of World War III, folks. Remember, they see the current world government led by the United Nations, the principal driver behind that for the last 75 years, as weak and anemic and deteriorating. It doesn't give them the teeth or the enforcement methods that they want. So they realize there has to be a change. What's the change? There's got to be a crisis big enough so that the world, the nations of the world will do away with their borders, do away with the tariffs, and yield up their sovereignty and their militaries to this world governing body. And it's going to be a fully functioning world governing body on the backside of World War III. And folks, that is go the Bible tells us that's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. The stage is being set for that, and it has been for the last over 100 years for the entrance ramp for the Antichrist to come on the scene. And yet, some people would still say, well, I don't know if we're in the end time or not. You've got to be kidding me. With all the prophecies that, are, that have clipped off in great detail, in order, since the first coming of Jesus Christ, but yet some people would say, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're just, that just that's kind of hearsay. That is conspiracy theory. We're not really living in the end time. What more proof do you need? I'm only going through one of the prophecies today, folks. So the article says it took the wartime allies the best part of a decade to formulate a vision for the post-war world. And that's going to be world government, folks. The Interpreter, they published an article, Gaza and Reimagining International Order. There are people that are already looking to any kind of crisis that comes along. How can we redo the world order which is disintegrating? Well, I know I'm coming up to a break here in just a moment, but we're going to talk about it on the back side because the violence in Gaza is part of a larger trend of global disorder and anarchy, showcasing the breakdown of international norms and the diminished authority of the United States. According to scripture, that has to happen. We're going to lose our place as the principal driver of the world government in the end time. Powers are going to shift over to Europe. And Europe right now is sitting there waiting with open arms saying we will fill the vacuum that is left open by the United States. It's every, all the pieces are following in line, everybody. And we certainly are in the end times. What are we doing? The, setting the stage for the coming of the Antichrist in just a very near future. We'll get into it on the backside of the break. As a viewer of the end time show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? 
Well, the atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives and that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You know, I, I know all this talk of World War III and things like that. It, it's, it can be a little unnervy at that point, and, and I get it. I mean, the Bible says one-third. We're getting into prophecy here in a minute. The Bible says one-third of the world's population is going to be destroyed. And I always have people say, you know, what can we do to be prepared? I don't think there's anything you can do to fully be prepared for a world war. Some of the things we're just going to have to live through and figure it out as we go. Number one, be born again. Be ready to meet the Lord at all times. Trust God. Learn how to live by faith. Do God's will in your life. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Follow the cloud like Moses did. And, <clears throat> but there are some things you can do physically. One of the partners that we have, um, part, one, somebody we partner with is Backyard Butchers. You know, that the, the majority of your grocery stores, their meat aisle, it, it was imported from some random country overseas. And, it, you know, it, a lot of it's a mystery meat. And they even mix it with other meats of different origins. And you can, you can know where that meat came from. And the product of the USA sticker just means it was packaged in America, not raised here. So our friends at BackyardButchers.com, they're delivering American-raised and harvested meat from right here in our American backyards to dinner tables across our nation. I was just having a big conversation with the, uh, some people just before I walked on the program about this bioengineered stuff that's in everything. Backyard Butchers was only, they'll only source beef and chicken from American farms and deliver the cuts right to your doorstep every month. Grass-fed and grain-finished taste amazing. Cut out the frustration from the meat aisle. Go to BackyardButchers.com, save an extra 20% off your entire order by using the code ENDTIME or go to backyardbutchers.com slash ENDTIME. You know, with over half a million happy customers across America and an American-based customer service team of stay-at-home moms, they will make sure your orders are delivered right on time every single month. Go to backyardbutchers.com slash ENDTIME, buy American meat today and get 20% off your entire order. I'm waiting on my steaks to be delivered as we speak. Now, 
You know, when we talk about this breakdown of the, this world governing body, this liberal international order that the United States was the principal order of, driver of for the last 75 years, the article I'm going through, it points out that the diminishing influence of the United States in the world and the reactions of countries like China and Russia. I mean, imagine China and Russia sitting here just uh, drooling over the fact that the United States is in a very weak position right now. We seem weak to the world, even though we have the most powerful military on the planet. I mean, imagine China and Russia, they see it as an opportunity, right, to advance their own interests. And the traditional idea of a U.S.-led rules-based international order is facing challenges and is perceived as self-serving by many outside of our Washington allies. And with that said, prophecies are being fulfilled. I mean, what it's doing, it's emboldening our enemies and it's making our allies very skeptical. Well, folks, prophecies are being fulfilled just like Scripture foretells. Let's talk about it. I've heard some people talk lately about Ezekiel 38, um, Zechariah 12, 13, 14, uh, the Armageddon, all these different wars, uh, Psalm 83, and I've talked about it recently, but I want to make sure you understand. The next war to occur on God's prophetic timeline is the sixth trumpet war in Revelation 9, 13 through 21. Here's something I want to make a, a clarification on. Anybody who teaches a pre-tribulation rapture, we believe in a post-tribulation, I believe the Bible teaches a post-tribulation rapture. So the church is going to be here all the way through, and the events of the, uh, the, the seals, trumpets, and vials do not all have to occur during that final seven-year period. I know that's a big teaching out there, but that's simply a mis misinterpretation of Scripture. So when somebody teaches a pre-tribulation rapture, they cannot say that the sixth trumpet war in Revelation 9, 13 through 21 is the next event on God's prophetic timeline or the peace agreement. But they specifically cannot talk about Revelation 9, 13 through 21 because if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, then you believe the church has to be gone before that war can take place. So <clears throat> I've heard people talking lately about all these different wars and different scenarios that could happen, but they'll say Ezekiel 38, Zechariah 12, 13, 14, Revelation 16 um, and 19, uh, the, uh, Psalm 83. But anybody that believes in a pre-tribulation rapture, they will never mention Revelation 9, 13 through 21 because it's the sixth trumpet war. Because that has to happen, they say, during the final seven years. So the one war they should be talking about, they can't talk about because of their ideology. And so that's a danger. We've got to be able to look at the entire Bible and say, okay, what does this whole thing say here? I want to understand the entire scope. And once you understand the Bible's not written in chronological order, that there is a post-tribulation rapture, and that the first, the seals, uh, the first four seals have already been opened, the first five trumpets have already occurred, then you can understand, wow, the seals, trumpets, and vials are just sets of events that happen, stories that lead up to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. Then you can get the big scope of the book of Revelation and teach it all the way through. So I want to make sure that we kind of um, clear up some uh, a misinterpretation of Scripture here 
because that's why it's important. Some people would say, well, you know, the teaching in uh, pre or post-trib, it really doesn't matter. It's not a salvation issue. I agree with you there. But when it comes to the timing of some of these things and uh, preparing different people for things that will come along and some different teachings, and I, you've, we've got to get the timeline right. It's in there for a reason. Prophecy is about 30% of the entire Bible, and it is meant to be understood. Now, one of the things I should probably mention here, and I forgot to, I want to make sure I get to it. This coming weekend, my wife and I will be in Thibodeau, Louisiana. We'll be at the House of Prayer, 2229 Highway 3185, Thibodeau, Louisiana. Uh, and th th I'm going to do one meeting, and it's going to be Sunday evening, November 12th at 5 p.m. We'll be giving you updates on some prophecies, and uh, the topic will be the new Understanding the End Time series. And wow, we'll probably talk about me and my wife's experience in Israel and what just happened when under de a declared state of war. So you certainly, if you're in anywhere in the area of Thibodeau, uh, come down there, eat some really good Cajun food, and then come to the meeting at 5 p.m. at the House of Prayer, 2229 Highway 3185 uh, in Thibodeau, Louisiana, this coming Sunday at 5 p.m. Now, and I'll be announcing that more over the next few days here, and then Doug and Vince will as well uh, before the end of the week. Now, the, when we talk about this war that's coming, and again, the, the stage is being set for the end time, for the coming of the Antichrist, this coming world government, the coming world religion, there will come a time, because right now we're kind of ambling along with this liberal international order, the, the, the new world order, this world government, but Antonio Guterres is a very frustrated individual. He's the current Secretary General of the United Nations. He's upset. He's frustrated. How many times over the last few years have we heard him talk about the United, the United Nations doesn't have the teeth that we want? Well, when he says teeth, what's he talking about? He's not talking about his pet schnauzer. He's talking about the United Nations doesn't have the enforcement methods, the dictatorial powers, the totalitarian, it's not the totalitarian regime we want. We, we, want, we want to be able to dictate to people around the world and they do what we say. Not to, and we, we have the ability to enforce them to do it, rather than just passing a resolution in the UN General Assembly and then one of the Security Council members can just veto it and then we're stuck again. We can't help anything. We're a paper tiger. That's what the United Nations is right now, and it's driving Antonio Guterres, the current Secretary General, insane. So he's saying, we need teeth. We need teeth. We need enforcement methods. We need to be able to dictate and people bow down to our edicts. So they have not had the big enough crisis to get the nations of the world to do that. Now that's why I laid out the scenario earlier of after World War I we had the League of Nations, after World War II we had the United Nations, two efforts to a world governing body. So what do you think the crisis is going to be that's big enough to get the nations to buy into a fully functioning world governing body? I want you to consider the climate crisis that they're trying to sell to people around the world. This huge propaganda scheme 
the scare tactics, all these different things, totally based on a hoax, everybody, of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, which is causing uh, heat waves and polar vortexes of 20 below zero. They say it causes both of them. And that we need to change from natural gas and coal-fired power plants to solar and wind and all this stuff. All that is based on is propaganda from the United Nations to redistribute the wealth of the world. It's socialism. But they've got to have a crisis, a crisis. Well, the climate crisis is not a big enough and bad enough crisis because it's a propaganda, number one. It's not a big and bad enough crisis to get the world to say, well, we'll yield up our sovereignty to a world governing body in the name of the climate crisis. The nations are not yielding to that. That's not the crisis that's going to do it, folks. There's got to be a bad enough crisis. And on the mind of these globalists, they know the crisis that it's going to take. World War I was the worst war prior to that in history. Just over 8 million killed. Now there had been millions killed in other wars, but 8 million, think about that. It was called the Great War at the time. It was the first time that many different implements of war were ever introduced. It was horrific. But 8 million, just over 8 million, 8.2, 8.5 million. Well, they, they said, well, we need, a, we need the League of Nations. Didn't work. So guess what? need a bigger crisis, but we got to have the United States involved. World War II comes along, Pearl Harbor happens, the United States is involved, we win two campaigns, War, League, uh, United Nations, the same year, folks, they signed the United Nations Charter. Al Harris was a communist spy, many of you know all that already. Okay, the climate crisis isn't going to be it. All these other crises and propaganda. You know, um, Hillary Clinton never wasted a good crisis, right? Well, what do you think the crisis is going to be? Well, when I look to the Bible, I know the big crisis that's coming. On the heels of World War III, which is going to be Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, that will be the entrance ramp to the Antichrist. Let me read it. Verse 13 states, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates, for the and the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of mankind. And I heard the number of the army of the horsemen, and there were 200,000, 000, a 200 million men army, and I heard the number of them. So, what question are we answering today? What's the world gonna look like on the back end of World War III? This is World War III. It's highly likely that it's the next event to occur on God's timeline. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity Die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. 
The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. So the question is, what will the world look like after World War III? Well, number one, the Bible tells us that there's going to be, right now there's a American-centered world governing body. The United Nations is here in New York. The United States has been the principal driver since 1945 with the United, with the United Nations Charter signing here in San Francisco. and. We've been the driver behind it. We've been the world's policeman. Think about it. But that's not how it's going to stay. It's going to be European-centered. Listen to this. Revelation 13, 1 through 3. You understand in Daniel 7, he saw four beasts rising up out of the sea. A lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast. They symbolize nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The lion's Great Britain. The eagle's wings, the United States. The bear, Russia. The four-headed leopards, Germany, the ten-horned beast, is the current European Union, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. Remember those symbols. In Revelation 13, 1 through 3, John said, this is 650 years later, and I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a one single beast, a combo beast, not four beasts, a single combo beast, rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns, ten crowns. And he had the, and on his heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, Germany. Feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth is the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. And the dragon, gave, the dragon Satan, gave him his power, seat, and great authority. Not China. And, I, and so the ten horns of the ten horned beast is the European Union. And I saw one of his heads that were wounded unto death. The deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. So... The whole world's going to follow after this beast. A beast in Bible prophecy represents a kingdom or a nation. And I've, uh, we've learned in times past that multiple heads on a nation or on a beast represent the number of times a nation will rise and fall. So the prophecy from Daniel 7 says there's four beasts, a, 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 lion, with, um, a lion representing Great Britain, a bear, Russia, the eagle, the United States, leopard, Germany, Ten horns of the ten horn kingdom representing 
the uh, countries of Europe, all of these, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, all of these folks, very important, are European countries. The end time world government will be a European centered world governing body. It's not going to be American centered. This is what's coming in the near future. This is Bible Prophecy 101. Okay? So we're answering the question, what's the world going to look like on the backside of World War III? World War III is coming. There's not one-tenth of one percent chance that it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. And these beasts from Daniel 7, which are separate beasts, they are, they federalized. In the prophecy of Revelation 13, they've turned into one big combo beast. So, when we're answering the question, what's the world going to look like on the backside of this? We are going, remember I talked about the conflicts that led into a world governing body. And they don't have, the, 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 right now, the United States seems very weak, which means the world government is very weak. And it, all of this is playing in together perfectly. I don't want it to happen, but the Bible says it's going to. So, the, the scenario I laid out before, on the backside of World War III, let's lay out what it's going to look like. It's going to be European-centered. The European-centered world governing body will be the power based of the Antichrist. How do I know that? Because the ten horns on the ten horn beast is European, uh, symbolizes the European Union. And the Bible says that the little horn uprooted three horns, came up among them, became great, and began speaking great things. You learn later on in Daniel 7 that that is the Antichrist. Where does he come from? He comes from Europe. He does not come from the Middle East. You don't have to worry about that. And... He's, that's going to be the power base of the world governing body. That will also be the power base of the false prophet. It's the reborn Holy Roman Empire. From the time of Charlemagne in 800 AD, when Pope Leo III crowned the, uh, Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, the, European, the um, Holy Roman Empire was always ran by the most powerful political leader in Europe, which was um, Charlemagne in the beginning, and the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which was always the Pope, ever, all the way through, for well over a thousand years. Well, that's the way it's going to be ran just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The most powerful political leader from Europe is going to be the Antichrist, and the most powerful religious leader from Rome will be the false prophet. Whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist will be the false prophet. And he will be the leader over a vast uh, international false religious system. Okay. Now, that's how the world's going to be ran in the future. After World War III. Right now, it's not happening. The, 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 the international community, the world government looks weak and anemic. They're trying to establish their world global um, economic sanctioning system. They're trying to establish a world government. They're trying to establish a world religion. But... There's not been a big enough crisis to get the world to buy into all this hoopla and this propaganda that they're trying to sell everybody. But once we have the absolute massive big enough crisis, then all the world, most of the world, will willingly yield their sovereignty to this world governing body. It's not going to be climate change. Most of the nation, a lot of the nations are not buying into that. And so it's not going to be that. What's the big crisis on the scene? The Bible says it's going to be World War III. 
And there are article after article today that's talking about changing the new the liberal international order on the backside of a world of a world war or a wartime scenario. Folks, this is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. We can watch it seeing in the in the future scenario. Now, also on the backside of this World War III scenario is going to be the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Now think about this. We wondered for years, which one's going to be first? Let's see, the, the World War or the peace agreement? Can't prove it scripturally. Well, now I'm sitting here watching it. And is it possible, I'm speculating, but could it be possible that the Israelis-Palestinian conflict starts the war, and if it did, can you imagine the pressure on the backside of a World War III? Can you imagine the pressure that the international community would put on Israel and the Palestinians to capitulate, to sign an agreement, sign a, create a two-state solution, allow the Jews living out in the Judean area, the, the uh, West Bank, to live out there as a Jewish minority, place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement, allow Jewish, the, the Jews to build their third temple, and, but they, they can't ever settle on Jerusalem, so we got, we're going to leave Jerusalem till the end. We're going to put that off. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's go ahead and get everything we can signed onto a deal. And the Antichrist, a leader from Europe, is influential as one of the many leaders in getting that peace agreement signed on the backside of World War III. What else has been able, has, uh, has been able to make the Israelis and the Palestinians uh, compromise so much, or at least Israel compromise enough to where they would allow a two-state solution to be created. Nothing. There's no, there have been no negotiations that have even come remotely close to that. Okay. What do you think the, the, the cataclysmic event's going to be? It's not going to be climate change. Uh-uh. It's going to be World War III type situation. Think about it. All, on the back side of World War III, all this stuff is going to kick off, and we're only going to have so much time left, folks, before the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what's coming. The, and once that peace agreement signed, now I don't know how far between the war and the peace agreement, that, there, how much time there is in between that. It could be immediately. It could be a year or two. I don't know that. But once that peace agreement signed, that has the five biblical characteristics, we started the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon, and then this whole thing wraps up. That's the, that's the seventh trump in Revelation 11. At the last trump, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. The Battle of Armageddon happens, and we are, the rapture occurs, we have the, the um, we're changed from mortal to immortal, and we rule and reign as kings with priests with Him for a thousand years. So what does that mean? We're staring this thing right in the face. You say, well, are you guaranteeing that uh, the Hamas-Israel situation is going to lead to World War III. No, I'm not. I do not know that. I know World War III is coming. I can prove that scripturally, and the prophecies always come to pass. However, if you look at the current scenario with Iran surrounding Israel, understanding Mahdiism, and that Iran is preparing the world for the coming of the Mahdi, and they need to get rid of Israel and the United States for that to happen, then you understand that this current situation is never going to go away. It's been, they've kind of been at war ever since the 
Ayatollahs took over in the late 70s. But now, look at how the thing has escalated. While I was in Israel, one day after Turing, it was on October 7th, on a Saturday, on the Sabbath, they invaded and they, it, they, Israel suffered the worst terrorist attack in the history of their nation, folks. And so it's unprecedented times. And it's not going to go away until something happens to Iran. Let's say they completely defeat ISIS. There's still Hezbollah. There's still the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. There's still the Houthis in Yemen. When does it go away? Well, I can tell you right now, it's not going to go away until they do something about Iran. And when they go to Iran, that could be World War III. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't. Maybe this conflict will go away in a few months, and it takes a while. But man, Iran is not going to stop badgering and trying really to destroy Israel. Think about the situation that's going on. Read the news. And so we need to consider what's the world going to look like on the back side of this. Now, obviously, I don't believe scripturally that the country of Jordan, the country of Israel, and that the United States will be fully engaged with the world governing body. Because the Bible says that we stand with Israel, Revelation 12, 14, the eagle stands with Israel and protects her against the serpent, which is the world governing body, all the way to the end. So, but most of the world will completely follow after that world governing body. Folks, the stage is being set right now for these events to occur. People are looking at this current liberal international order and saying, this is horribly weak, disintegrating. We've got to do something. We've got to have a dictatorial world governing body. And the event, it looks like, that will make that happen is just around the corner with World War III, setting the stage truly for the coming Antichrist. God bless as you prepare for the times just ahead.